Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Everybody, we are back. You're like, wow, thank God. Yes, I'm Jim O'Hare. <laughs> we are back with Parks and Recollection. I'm the guy who played Jerry, Gary, Larry, Terry, even Barry from Johnny Karate. I am one of the co-hosts. Uh, I think we can agree the better looking one. one. I think we could agree with that. Uh, and you, the my friend. One. Definitely the more humble one, yes. And you, sir, are... This is Greg. Greg, Greg Bean. I think Bean. you know that about me. I think people listening are like... <laughs> Does he actually not like Greg? I think you like me. I love Greg. I'm this okay. is okay. I am a very sarcastic person by nature. Yes. That is just my kind of humor, whatever. So but yes. also, I think you have over the time now in our hosting together have come up with this great opening. You're like, "Hello, everyone, and it's welcome to Parks and Recollection. It's me, Jerry Larry Terry Barry, Jim yeah. O'Hare." And I'm like, I just have Greg. <laughs> and you have this great long intro, and I then it's me. Like, and who are you? Like, I'm Greg. But see, that's better than that means I'm speaking more and you less. And I think that's what the audience <laughs> is really. I think that's what they're here for. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're gonna be talking about the episode called Lucky, written by Nick Offerman, Yay. directed by Troy Miller, originally airing on March 8th, 2012. But this is an extra special episode, Jim, because we have an amazing interview at the end of it. A conversation with the great Hadley Hall Miras. Amazing. It's an amazing interview. She's so smart. She's so smart. And tell tell everybody how we know Hadley. Right. Well, she's a journalist. She's, she's an historian. A, yeah, she's a big-time journalist. Right. She's amazing. We know her best as Amy Poehler stand-in on Parks and Recreation. Yes. Yes. And how cool is that? It's amazing. <laughs> right. And if you thought, okay, they're, we're going to have a conversation with the person who stood in for the the lead on the show when they were setting up shots or rehearsing. They think, well, what's that going to be? It was one of the best conversations we've had with a guest in the studio. She's so smart. So and she smart. saw a lot. She was yes. there for many years. Right. She knows what went on. It made her realize she didn't want to be an actor anymore. And she'll tell you all this stuff on the uh, during the interview. But it really was eye-opening. And because of Parks, it gave her an opportunity to further her career, her writing career, which again, she'll talk all about, uh, but it's really interesting. Yeah. She's awesome. People, I think, uh, 
want to listen to a show like ours, hopefully, because not just uh, a conversation about the show you love um, being had by two people who worked and made that thing, yes. but you also want a little bit of how the sausage got made. And this is one of those conversations. So I'm so excited. And Jim, can you blurb the episode for our journalist? I listener? shall. Indianapolis journalist Buddy Wood decides to profile Leslie in his annual special on local elections. Andy passes his final women's studies exam, which is just so funny. And Chris takes an interest in Andy's professor. Mm-hmm. This is a really fun episode for many reasons. There's different storylines going on. I think everybody has some great moments and... I'm a fan of this episode. Yes. Yes. And well, our notes, notes, we talked about it again. Nick Offerman, the writer of the episode. This is Nick's first ever television writing credit, but has since written four books, two TV specials, an animated TV show. I hope he's doing okay. He's doing just fine. He, uh, his last book he sent me, and of course he, Nick is so prolific and smart and his words are so big and I think if I remember correctly whatever he wrote I had to look up one of the words that he, in his note to me you had never heard jackass before I hadn't so now wait oh, now you now it makes sense to you yeah that he referred to me as a jackass yeah, it's weird well hurtful but let's move on okay. no but really that's just that's Nick yeah, that's, that's Nick. so perfect yeah, Nick. Yeah. yeah yeah I love it love it love it but um, how scary he wrote his first writing gig professional is an episode of a hit television series. It's not that random. I mean, he was an actor on the I show. I know, but right? to write an episode? Yeah. I no, know. that's scary. amazing. It's amazing. And I, I remember him talking to him and thinking, it, it, it is a scary thing. It is a daunting thing to then take on the mantle of like, I'm now, I'm not the charge of, I am not just on the thing. I'm not just helping to craft the thing. I'm now writing the thing and I'm helping to write the words that will be forever part of the lexicon that is the story of Parks and Rec. And do they, when someone like, you know, Nick, who's not a writer by trade, is, do they get extra help in the room or how does that work? It's, or it's just like any other episode. He brings in his draft and then you guys do your thing. Yeah, I mean, the Nick was present in the room uh, constantly when we were coming up with the story for the episode and would pitch on it. Um, so it wasn't just that he was handed, like, here is a fully crafted outline. Now go write a first draft. Right. Thank you for your draft. Now please leave and we'll take care of it. <laughs> no, yeah. this is a a warm environment of you know, trying to foster success in yeah. everyone. And so Nick was there during story breaking and an outlining. He went off and wrote his draft. And, um, and then you work on making that first draft, which is, you know, this thing. The, the best attempt at the story that's been broken so far, it goes through many iterations uh, for every show in making it the winds up being the script that's shot and the show that everyone gets to see. And Nick goes wow. there. And then think about this. You're now, you're an actor in the episode. You helped write the episode. And now you're on set for the entirety of the episode. And you're now working with your colleagues in a new way, offering thoughts, mm-hmm. notes, pitches. Because the writers were always on set. Right. For our, I mean, he would have been on set anyway, but he was on set for scenes he wasn't in because now he's the writer of the episode. Right, absolutely. Wow, I, I just, I would be terrified. But I will say, if you're going to do it, what a great group of people to, you know, break yeah. your cherry with because, <laughs> they're but, what, is that a little too personal? <laughs> Sorry about that, Sean. Someday it'll happen. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. No, but uh, I gotta say, he did get you there. I go, oh, it was a ding, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it but was we're a looking ding. forward to that. For it you. was a ding. We are, it's fun, dude. You're really gonna get a kick out of it. Cut. 
Bait. <laughs> um, no. Well, listen, this episode features Nick's first ever TV writing credit, and it also features our Emmy and Tony winning guest star, Sean Hayes, Hayes. as our journalist, Buddy Wood. Sean Hayes, obviously a breakout role, was on NBC sitcom Will and Grace, which also starred Megan Mullally, a.k.a. Tammy Two. And Nick Offerman appeared on an episode of Will and Grace in 2001, a little over a year into his relationship with Megan, playing Nick, conveniently, Nick the Plumber. And my knowledge of this is... You know, Megan and Nick have one of those relationships that are, are truly special. It, they really are. And they have rules. They don't spend a certain amount of time away from each other, even if, when the one's working in this part of the country mm-hmm. and one's or even in another country sometimes. They make it work. They're pretty amazing. And Nick was at every one of those tapings for Will and & Grace. And let me tell you, as someone who's been to many tapings over the year involved and mm. others, it can get daunting when you're not part of it. Right. You know, when you're not an actor in it. But they have... They're a pretty amazing couple. Yes, absolutely. I think kind of just truly special. Yeah, absolutely. I love um, Well, let's jump into our episode. Let's do it, baby. Let's say, open up our synopsis. Leslie is preparing to be interviewed by Buddy Wood, a famous Indiana television journalist whose interviews tend to be the lucky charm that gets candidates elected. Unfortunately, Buddy cancels to cover a breaking story upsetting Ben. Leslie, Tom, and Anne decide to use this new free time to go to a bar, as you do. As you do. Meanwhile, Andy passes the final exam of his women's studies course. So he invites his professor, Linda Lonigan, to join him, April, and Ron for a celebratory steak dinner. Mm-mm-mm. That's a full one. Yes, that's a full one. <laughs> it's a full that's one. That's a big plate of steak, that synopsis. Yeah, and the show begins with Leslie doing a fashion show. Yeah. Because she wants to, you know, she's got her campaign coming up and she wants to look good. Well, Leslie is good at a lot of things, but apparently not at picking clothes. No, yeah. Because this fashion show. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's a full-blown shit show. Yeah. Yeah, and the, she comes out at first with some weird hat on her head. Like it, it was just all right. It's yeah. a really great comedy game. You yes. get to have your lead do dress up and have two fun comedy characters offer takes on those things. Tom's the perfect person to do that. <laughs> of course, it makes me think also of uh, season two. Uh, when Tom started trying on different outfits for Justin to get his opinion. Yes. Now Tom's the guy offering his opinion on on Leslie's outfits. I do love the fact that uh, there's that great reveal about uh, those tight leather pants that have the word nympho written yeah. on the back. When she came out in those pants, I before I saw nympho on the butt, I thought she was doing a parody of... Um, Olivia Newton-John oh. from uh, Greece. Yeah. The black pants, the, sure. the black sure. shirt, super tight. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, I thought, oh, okay, well, that's the bit. Well, no, that wasn't the bit. There's more, there's more bit coming. It's there's on more the, butt it's bit. more bit and it's on the butt. Exactly. I love how Tom says, oh my God, look, those look great. And I bet they look even better on Ben's floor. <laughs> and then how Ben has that, are you hitting on Leslie for me? For me? <laughs> Oh, so good. And along those lines, when they it says, you know, nympho on the butt, and Tom goes, it says nympho on the butt in silver sparkly letters, because Leslie did not realize. And he goes, nympho means you're addicted to sex. And since it's on the butt, there's other implications as well. And then he goes, so those are a maybe. Those are a maybe. Those, those are a right. maybe. We're right. not going to rule those out. Right. And then we bump bum into our opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, um, okay, so Andy is uh, finishing his women's studies class. Now, 
will remember that in season four, episode eight, Smallest Park, Andy decides to enroll in Intro to Women's Studies with Professor Linda Lonigan at Pawnee Community College. And now he's passed his final exam. And he says, usually tests scare me, but this <laughs> is an oral exam. And if there's one thing I know is my fantastic kids talk. <laughs> those are one of those jokes that like, it's a written joke, right? At first you read it and you're like, that's so funny. But then you wonder, will it be delivered in a way that it goes from written to this oral? And and Chris Pratt, once again, just nails it. Of course. And you can totally believe that he can go from being able to say this perfectly executed sentence to not being able to speak at all. Yeah. Obviously, we needed Professor Linda to come out with Andy when he passed his exam uh, to have her interaction with Ron to set up the storyline, which would be the professor joining their meal. Right. Uh, but why is a college professor coming out with her student who's taking the class pass fail to watch him tell his wife and his boss <laughs> the news? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can see it. Like she's there. And then afterwards, like, okay, well, I guess I'll be going. And then April. she's invited. Yeah. April's, but, yeah. but because it's a show, we don't care. Right. Because it great. has to get there. It has to happen. And that's how you made it. Right. Out. And it, if you're like me and you think about it too long, you're like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. But it's a TV show and you suspend some you have of to. reality to get story going, especially in a comedy. And yep. every show and every movie has those moments. But I was watching it in prep and thinking, God, that's so funny that she comes out. And just <laughs> just just watch her students tell the colleague and wife I passed that they passed yeah. yeah and she is from what we've know if you're a big fan of the show you know Ron's type and this woman is right there right she's the brunette she's kind of stunning she's just be- beautiful right and yet the way it's played and I love this Ron is not. Ron is just He's being... just being Ron. He's being very Ron. Right. First of all, when, when here was one of my favorite moments also. Just a, a, such a nice Ron moment. When Andy comes out and says that he passed, Ron puts his fists together. Right. And he does this little, like, it's hard to describe because I'm not. not but he's done it before. You can see him yes, saying, bully. It's his happiness right, where right, he's right. just, I don't right. know. And it's just, that warns my heart because that's such a Ron. Right. He can't be, he's not going to be over eager to go, yay, bye-bye. He's not going to do it. Right. Just that little, mm, mm. I love it. It gives me the warm feels. Yeah, I know. It I gives know. me the warm feels. Well, let's also talk about the warm feels between Anne and Tom. Okay, you know, I'm uncomfortable, but I let's know. do it. Let's do it. Actually, I will say this episode, I am less uncomfortable. Right, because I think the fun of their relationship. It's very fun. Is it's really fun. It's very fun in this episode. As long as I can keep my brain away. I know, Jim. From what they, what they could do be in doing their in their off hours, I, I'm good with it. Well, we're going to get to that because we also allude later on very specifically to what Ben and Leslie do in their off hours, but we'll get there. Oh, that's right. But no, their relationship, Ann and Tom's relationship is in a, they describe it as self-described good groove. They haven't broken up in 30, 30 hours. hours. <laughs> Um, I also love that we learned that the longest Tom and Anne have gone without breaking up is 47 hours because she was out of town for two days and forgot they were dating. I love that. And here's something that dawned on me when we when I was watching the episode again. So we know Leslie saw them at the restaurant the night that night. Do you think Leslie is pro or con this relationship? That's interesting. I think she's pro Anne. 
So as long as Anne's happy, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Anne's on a journey, and she wants the best for Anne. She put together a slew of suitors to come for <laughs> Anne, right? Yes. So she's pro-Anne, and I think that part, some of that is watching her do this thing. Yeah. Because, you know, Leslie's person sees the best in everybody, even a person like Tom. Well, there is a lot of good in Tom. He's just right. such a blowhard. Right. But there's a, he's, he's a very sweetheart, ultimately. And this there's so many episodes that prove that. There's a, the great episode, Meet and Greet, uh, right? In this uh, season when uh, Leslie and Tom have a big fight, but then they she, he, he shows some vulnerability with her. And and I think that helps their growth together just for her to continue to see him as a real person and not just a cartoon. So... You, you never know. Love, well, even love. April calls out the bravado of Tom to Anne the night when uh, the Valentine's episode. Right. She's like, "Yeah, it's just his we, you know." But right. down deep, there's a lot. So yeah, I am I am very pro Tom. I'm very pro Anne. But you know, I'm not always I, pro Tom and together. I know, I know. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That is so true, Greg. LinkedIn knows that as a small business owner, you don't have the time or the resources to spend countless hours looking for the right person for the job. So they have launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. And it isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. In fact, get this, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Wow, that, that, that's impressive. That's amazing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash parks. That's linkedin.com slash parks to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, let's open our synopsis back up as we continue on with our episode. At campaign headquarters, Jerry and Donna stuff campaign mail. <laughs> that sentence is the birth of one of the greatest Jerry storylines, and we'll come right back to that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leslie, Ann, and Tom complain that Ben isn't fun anymore and enjoy several rounds of drinks. Ben calls a very inebriated Leslie with supposedly good news. The interview is back on if she can immediately get to the airport. Okay. Great Donna line. I want to start this off. The best. Who says, I have a date with my bathtub, a glass of red wine, and a gigantic fireman named Marcus. (laughs) This is just normal coworker small talk for Donna. Yes. Yes. And I love that Donna, she gets hers. You know what I mean? And there is no... She's not apologetic for, she likes her men, she controls her men. I think she is in charge. I think she's probably... Well, beyond the men part, too, she's just 
knows she knows what she likes, she knows what she wants, she goes for it with the with confidence and gusto, right? Yeah. I love that. Yes. Um okay, Jim. Jerry is mm. on a seemingly mundane task of stuffing, licking, and filling campaign mailers. Yeah. Who says, I don't mind it. It makes sense to me. Yeah. That is a perfect Jerry. That, that, that sums him up. How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, when you saw the storyline, did you were you like, oh, yes, of course. That's exactly what Jerry should be doing and the energy approaches with it and the determination. Absolutely. And then I spent time with Nick because we were trying to figure out the best way to make it look like I truly was being a bit of a machine, mm. you know, because that was the point. Jerry right. is going to be a machine right. for hours and hours and hours. And so we played around with what would go into what, what would go into what, because there's also a bit at the end where, right, of course, so I had mistake is made, mistake yeah. is made and all of these, you know. Or there's a bit where you run out of envelopes or mailers and, and you just are on autopilot and you're like the, you know, the the duck or whatever that keeps uh, dipping its head. <laughs> that toy <laughs> that I'm not speak, speaking, but everyone at home is like, yes, yes I know I what know you're what saying, Greg. Yes. Yeah, Jerry keeps going. So uh, after Nick and I figured out kind of a good routine, then I spent, oh my God, probably 45 minutes uh, in my trailer before we even shot it because I wanted it to look real. Like mm-hmm. he really is. Cause when you don't do that every day for a, yeah, your normal yeah. life, it is. Uh, so I did get myself into a bit of a routine. So I loved it. I thought it was fun shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also love, and, and any actor would tell you this, there's nothing better than when you're shooting a scene and you get crew to laugh because it's just a very like, oh, yeah. okay, something's working. I feel that in here sometimes when uh, Joe and uh, the man from Winona Sean um, <laughs> uh, offers a little giggle, like, okay, it bursts through the veneer of like, I'm working to like, oh, that, that'd yeah, be enough. It's working. Normal than their normal stare where they just kind of yeah. stare at us like, oh, these yeah, disgusting like, Yeah, why them? Giving Jim a million an episode and I got to sit here and run this board. Like, you know what I know? That's what they're thinking. <laughs> and huh? just so you know, way more than a million. I digress. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Take go on, go on. So tell, tell us so about it was making very the crew fun. laugh. So it was very fun. So when we did the first uh, couple of takes, um, yeah, one in particular uh, camera person screwed up the screwed up the take and we had to redo it because really? they laughed and the camera really? did a bump or something. And I just love that. It's a, For an actor, it's that feeling of, Okay, this bit's working. Because you never know. Because also, uh, the the problem when you're acting in a show, whether it's Parks or any other show, so you do it, you get the initial laugh, and then you do many, many takes. Mm. And those laughs die down. Or they totally disappear because... It just becomes background noise. We've all seen it. Yeah, yeah. And so you've then you start feeling a little less confident. So... Sometimes you do scenes where you never get a reaction, and those are the worst. Uh, so this was, for me, it was fun because mm-hmm. I got that reaction. Um, and then uh, I forget how we came up with the bit with Retta. Donna, you know, um, was that in the script that I reach for those? Yeah. Uh, so that was in the script. Yeah, I remember. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that was in the script. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I just loved it. And it was Kind of easy. We sat in that one room at at, uh, yeah. at the house. Yeah, and you probably shot that in a day. I've, and. Half a day, and it's great. It's a it, to me, it's the perfect runner because it accomplishes. Um, it it's a storyline that takes up some time. It involves our main characters, um, but it is born out of character, right? You yes. don't have to create this 
long convoluted thing that gets Jerry and Donna in this thing. This is born out of something Jerry would always do, which is drop anything for Leslie, especially, but the entire staff, but Leslie. And with the glee of menial, repeating government type work, and doesn't care, doesn't right? Care. This is the same Jerry who happily searched all over Indiana for people <laughs> yes. to verify facts in Leslie's book. Yes. It's the Even same Even before it went energy. his daughter's birthday party for that. Right. It's yes. the same energy. Yeah. Um, so it's great. And and I'm sure I'm not the only one watching Jerry look away at those envelopes and thinking of the incredible Seinfeld episode with the wedding invitations and Susan's death. Oh, Susan's right? death. I'm watching I just that. saw like, that the other day. It's so good. Yeah. And I'm watching... Jerry just like <laughs> just like on repeat lick these envelopes and I'm like that killed a woman on another TV show <laughs> yes, and in this it case did. it's silly yeah just silly <laughs> um, well the last of our stories we skip over to Scully's Bar and just a note named for Mike Scully uh, right on the show uh, Scully's Bar where Leslie and Tom and Anne are drinking and I gotta say is anybody better at playing drunk than Amy Poehler nobody and for the record that is not Easy. Any actor will tell you because it's so easy to start doing it like, like you go over the top and it doesn't work. Amy has perfected it. Gotta say, from the moment Leslie and Anne are drunk in the pilot, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are awesome at this. So good. And it also, do you remember the moment when Rashida, aka Anne, uh, she's drunk and she's trying to put a drink in her mouth and the, yes. she can't That's find the, the straw? Pilot too, and she's, that yeah. is so. Yes, because that's what, when you're drunk. Those because you're you know your yeah. mobility isn't great. It, they do it so great. And the episode that Amy directed, I, I'm terrible about saying the name of it, but we we were all drunk at the bar. The fight. You don't know how to pronounce the word fight. The fight. I don't remember the name of the you're episode. I can't pronounce it? the word. It's the name. <laughs> the memory of the episode. Uh, uh, I end up on a top of the roof, right, you know, because right, right. everyone is so drunk. Right. And we all got to hit the camera hard. You mm-hmm. know, Amy was like, just do your thing in front of the camera. And there's so many great ones. Ben does a Baba Booey reference. Right, right, right. We're all, and, and Nick is bouncing around. And for those who have any interest in looking, go to YouTube because the outtakes from that are really funny. Mm-hmm. They're really, really funny. Yeah. But pay, playing drunk is not easy. You can, it's so easy to overdo. Right. Because when we think of drunk, we think we can't uh, well, yes, and slurring can be a drunk thing, but you're really almost on the floor if you're slurring to the point where you right, can't even right, talk. You right. know, like that's crazy. Right. It's the little things. It's the malaprops and it's yes. the right the stutters and the little bits that you do because when you're drunk, but you're trying to be sober, trying to be real or whatever, you're working really hard on not being drunk, and then every so often something slips out yeah. to show your real inebriated state. And I, I think Amy. To a masterclass yes. on just this, on many things, obviously. But this for sure. But on this one uh, would be amazing. I agree. Um, well, in our story, Donna postpones her date, as we talked about, to continue watching Jerry's robotic mailer stuffing abilities. Yeah, and when she postpones it, all she says is to him, basically, it's like, uh, I had written this down. Of course, me trying to find it. Um, so she's told him, like, you know, she's called Marcus. And she's like, this isn't going to happen. And he's obviously saying, well, can't we? And she's like, I don't know, Marcus. I'll hit you up when I hit you up. Yes, yes, yes. Because Donna is in complete control of her relationships. Right. Good or bad. Yep. I mean, therapists might say that ain't the way to go, but that's our Donna. Yep, absolutely. 
And at the restaurant, April and Andy spot Chris eating alone, and they invite him to join their dinner. And meanwhile, Leslie makes it to the airport for for her interview with Buddy, but Ben is too distracted by his campaign work to notice how drunk Leslie is. <laughs> Must be very distracted because my guess is you probably could smell it on her. But Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he knows her so well. Right, he would right. know that there was something. Right. But he is totally distracted. He's in, work mode. He's He's in, in stress, it, Ben, work mode, yes. taking care of Leslie's. And, and this is really an exciting moment. He's just like, wow, this is amazing. So right. I could see someone's energy being so focused that you don't see it. Absolutely. That I can buy that 100%. So in Andy in April and... Ron and Chris's story. Um, I, I, it's so sweet that Andy wrote a college paper about Ron being a positive male role model, yeah. isn't it? Um, described by his professor as one of Andy's most readable papers. <laughs> Imagine some of those yeah, other papers. I know, I know, I know. It's great to think about, isn't it? I almost know right now. I want to see Andy's handwriting even. Like, oh, that's what, funny. What is that? Right. What like, would that be like? Yeah, are, are there any backwards letters? Yeah. 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 Ah, it's so great. Um, well, we see Chris. Chris does not feel like he's alone at the restaurant, right? Uh, he says, I'm surrounded by friends. Friends I don't know yet. Which, first of all, that is a lovely sentiment. Yeah. Like, in other words, you can go anywhere and you're surrounded by potential friends. Right. But it's also heartbreaking because he's sitting there. And this is this really go-getter guy. Like, But he's been... Oh, Millicent, Jerry's daughter. She did a number on him. Yeah, and I think just um, this is a guy who's used to people liking him, who's used to, you know, the like he's a bit of a center of gravity. And so you have an impact on other people. Yes. And here that impact isn't working out. He's been dumped. He's got this sense of like, who am I? What was me? And, and I wonder how often had Chris Traeger been dumped? Because when you just physically look at Chris Traeger, that is a very attractive right. man who my guess is could walk into any bar and meet up if right. he wanted to. Right. And so Millicent, who was also incredibly attractive, mm. she got it from her father's side of the family. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. But she it was stunning and she dumped him. And that's where we found Chris. Right now. Yeah. And I want to say that um, he is sitting at the bar and he's reading a book about a woman born with no legs or arms who decides <laughs> to swim the English Channel. The title, Limb Itless. L-I-M-B. Yeah, Limb Itless. <laughs> and, and, she, and she drowned immediately. It says, the true story of a woman born with no arms and no legs who attempted to swim the English Channel. Yeah. And then April says... That's impossible. And Chris is like, oh, no, no, she died immediately. She died immediately. Yeah. Yes. Just, oh, of course she died immediately. Yeah, yeah. But here's a whole book about it. Yeah. And he's reading it. <laughs> um, now, also, when Chris leaves the bar to join April and the crew, he says, bye, friend, to uh, Mike Mitchell, who plays Bjorn Lurpus. Just a nice little Bjorn Lurpus moment. Uh, I didn't even realize. Um, and uh, side note, the waitress who brings Leslie, Ann, and Tom the flaming shots, if you look at the credits— is also a Lurpus. <laughs> Mike Shore described the Lurpus family in an interview as a, quote, very dynastic, but also completely powerless family <laughs> in Pawnee. And I was just thinking, like, if Parks ever comes back in some way or someone wants to do a weird drama spinoff of Parks, 
They should do like a Lurpuses, should be like the Roys from Succession. And they go head to head with the Newports in like a Game of Thrones style <laughs> battle royale yes. for the control of Pawnee. Well, you know, the cast used to do a thing called Dark Parks. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? I and did. We, it, yeah, I mean, things we couldn't even repeat. Yeah. Like if it really went dark. Yeah, Dark if, Parks. Like people are dying, people are murdering. Right. But super funny. Could yeah. you imagine these characters who you've grown to love who are super sweet? Right. All of a sudden, the genre shifts and it's <laughs> dark. It's dark. Oh, my yeah. God. We would come up with some terrible things. But we laughed. So there you go. It's all <laughs> so good. it was worth it. <laughs> it was all worth it. Um, let's jump back into our synopsis because we're about to get to some great stuff with Leslie and Buddy. You got because it. Because in their interview, Buddy is condescending. Oh, so condescending. He <laughs> declares that he is disgusted by the airport and the town of Pawnee. Now, meanwhile, April tries to set up Chris and Professor Linda. And then back at the interview, Leslie stumbles over her words in the interview and admits to being drunk. She eventually storms off, clumsily ending the disastrous discussion. I mean, pardon my language, a huge shit show. Yeah. That that was a career right. ender interview. Right. 100%. If things didn't happen to make that change, the campaign would have been over. Right. And Sean Hayes does this amazing job at playing this condescending cosmopolitan who <laughs> comes from Indianapolis. Yes. Cosmopolitan journalist. I love um, that he acts like this big city coastal elitist. I just love it. I loved him on it. And it's a type of character that we don't see too often. Yeah. I think also of Dennis Feinstein in that way of like this purely just like, I am not a good guy. Yeah. I, and I'm okay with and it. I'm, and I'm not going to have a, a redemption storyline. The the A story isn't wrapping up with Leslie imparting some great wisdom on me. And I finally give the interview. No, sorry, spoilers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to give the interview that she deserves. No, he's a schmuck. He's a schmuck. And when she first meets him, she's excited. Of course, she's drunk. And she's like, welcome to the greatest city in the world. And he just laughs. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you were being serious. I mean, how, what a mean, what an mean, yeah. terrible thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Even if, I, I don't care what city, because I, I, I grew up in a little town called Lansing, Illinois, mm. and on the border of Indiana and Illinois. I love Lansing, Illinois. I, it stuck it stuck in my heart. It always will be. I don't want to hear negative. And when I'm so excited, and he, the way he just cut her down. Right. Oh, but he was brilliant at it. It well, played. Well, Leslie also uh, famously wrote a book, Pawnee, the greatest little city in the yes. world, right? Uh, or in America. and. And so here is uh, Buddy who can make or break her campaign coming in and shitting on the place that she's running for office for to improve. Yeah. I don't like Buddy. No. And and uh, you have this great stuff happening here where Leslie and, and Amy gets to play drunk and Sean Hayes <laughs> is playing an asshole and trying to just and, and is trying to poke at her based on his schmuckiness. And she's trying her best to do the best interview she can because she's drunk. And those two things fight each other and it erupts so well when she just reveals that she's drunk. And you've mentioned it earlier and it's so true. I, I'm not going to say all of us, but many of us have been drunk and you are fighting. If you need to present yourself as non-drunk, right. there's nothing worse because in your head you're like, look, this is going well. This is going well. You, you know, it's like people who are pulled over for a DUI and they right. think they're going to be they can talk as they're falling over trying to get out of the car. Right. But they're telling themselves they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're right. It's the opposite it of someone I think who, um, you know, might be high, who yeah. is like, oh, uh, everyone sees me as being crazy. 
and in actuality, you look completely normal to them, and it's yeah. the exact opposite. And all of us. Sorry, I'm not a drug addict like you, so no, I can't really no, relate to that. But good no, for you, whatever, whatever all you that do. All that is to say, it's like we each have, we all have our vices, and that's great. But do it in moderation, folks. Yes. <laughs> Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because <laughs> the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. April. April wants to set Chris up with uh, Linda, Professor yeah. Linda Lonigan. and Because uh, then here we go proving yeah. that April's heart is so big. Yeah. It broke her heart to see Chris at that bar alone. And as much as she can be bitchy and, and snotty and whatever, she's got a huge heart. It's kind of like the way she looks at Champion, this, this like amazing, amazing dog who you look at and be like, but he's got three legs. But they'd be like, so what? He's got... You know, the big biggest heart in the world. Yeah. And Chris has this brokenness, but she kind of wants to take care of him wants in to the fix same it. way. I and love we don't it. see this April too often. It's a joy to see because it's a good reminder of her just basic humanity. But also to have a character like April exist, you have to have these sides. Absolutely. Because if it's the one note, whatever, bitchy, whatever. Right. That gets old real fast. But then why are you rooting for them? Why would you ever root for them? Right. It's like with, you know, and I know Mike has said this, Mike Shore, um, with Jerry, at some point you had to switch things up so that you had to give him some good things. Right. Because otherwise he's right, coming right, into right. work every day and being, you know, <laughs> treated as the punching bag. And at some point you're going to go, I can't take this. Because that means... Right. Why is he not putting a gun in his head or whatever? Also, why it was important for Jerry to be able to shit on Kyle. Oh, Kyle, the best. In yes. that episode, we do the tasting of the burgers. Like, yeah. Jerry, there needs to be someone below Jerry in the pecking yeah. order so we don't feel like Jerry really is the bottom. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that's what one I, I just love yeah. April. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when she, but the funny thing is, so she, She's got, you can tell, she concocts this plan. She's going to get them to go to dinner and maybe something will happen. Yeah. But of course, because she can't help herself. Now, this teacher looks beautiful to me. She looks great. She's dressed nicely. And they're heading out to dinner. And April says to the teacher, are you going to wear that? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I know. But she she can't can't help help herself. Yeah. yeah. She can't help herself. That would be like a line she'd say to Anne. She pokes, she puts everyone down a peg a little bit. (laughs) Everyone's just like, let's all come down. That's all just gonna be down here. And you know she enjoys doing it. Yeah. And we all and me again being snarky, that's what I enjoy. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um in our synopsis, Linda turns down Chris's offer of a date, explaining that she just mm. ended a relationship. Immediately after Chris leaves, she invites Ron back to her place. Meanwhile, Leslie, Ben, and Anne and Tom 
drive to Buddy's house overnight in Indianapolis to stop Buddy from airing it, only for him to reveal that the airport lost his luggage, which contained the taped interview. Ben loosens up and celebrates Leslie's luck by popping champagne in the limo. <laughs> and back at campaign headquarters after working until 4 a.m., Jerry realizes that he has completely screwed up the mailers. Wow. Wow. Jerry, what the hell? Man? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> oh, God. It's so great, Jim. I, I, there's that great line where uh, you say, it ain't government work if you don't have to do it twice. Absolutely. I've heard that line since that episode aired nonstop. Mm. If I'm doing an appearance or whatever, whatever, they'll ask, would I please write that line down? Would I sign my name? Would I put it there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That a line that will live in infamy. But it's kind of true. Yeah. It's kind of true. Yeah. And that's, again, a great point of why this is such a fun storyline because you can kind of believe both sides of this that, oh, yeah, of course there was a mistake that was costly and time consuming and we must do it again. It's kind of government reputable work. Of course, Jerry is gung ho and happy to do it. He has a moment of, oh, no, oh, no. And then, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get that done. He doesn't seem bothered by having wasted 16 hours of his life. I don't think he was bothered at all. No. <laughs> and I also love that you can't tell if Donna stays because she was baffled by Jerry's mailing skills or kind of just in solidarity with her buddy. Yeah. I what think, do you think? I think it'll probably a little combo. Certainly solidarity after he made the mistake because she's like, I'll make some coffee. She's right. like, oh, oh all right. I'll put on I, another I, I'm going to put up another pot of coffee and we're going we're gonna, to, she's going to stick it out with him. Right. She's not going to be done till he's done. Right. And uh, my, I love, just because, you know, Red and I have an off-screen friendship, you know, Parks, we started together. And so, you know, where I said, when I say we started together, we didn't know if we were going to be continuing with the show. We were hired, but we were guest stars, and we didn't know what was happening. And we were always, so we bonded quickly. So I love any time Jerry and Donna had scenes together. So I just love this just even reading the script, I'm like, yay, we get to hang. Yeah. Because we hung all the time yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. now we're on set. So I love a Jerry Donna storyline anytime. Yeah, and it's also a sign that like it's it self-sustains. Totally, it's a separate, yes. Right, you are full, rounded, awesome characters who have shed the earlier versions of being these other office workers. To You know what I mean? To being these people who you want to spend as much time with as possible, just like you want to spend as much yeah. time with Leslie as possible. Yep. And they couldn't be more different. These are two different people. Donna's world and Jerry's world is, they're just so different. But I have had coworkers who I'm still in contact with from 30 something years mm. ago when I used to work in an office. It doesn't matter. Friends are friends. Right. And right. you can joke with each other. Your mom, I mean, look what we do. We, you know, back and forth, we, you know, bust balls. That's my favorite thing. You don't believe it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I mean, nice. I really, you can still, Optimal. I love good friendships like yeah, that. Yeah. I really do. And they have that. Well, uh, two things I want to call out in this little synopsis bit that we were talking about. One, so Tom has booked this, uh, this limousine. <laughs> he suggests high speed skinny dipping in the limo hot tub. Um, I love that Aziz makes this great face after like, it was a joke. It was absolutely not a joke. It was not a joke. <laughs> All right. Of course, the limo has a hot tub in the back. And of course, Tom will do whatever he can to try to make it happen. And then we'll play it off like, no, 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 it was a 
was a joke. Yeah. And Tom had rented that earlier in previous episodes. Right. And he still had like a number of hours left on it right, that they right. owed him. Right. So this yeah. was how they were going to get to Indianapolis. And it gets that great visual bit when Ben has to walk the length of the limo twice. <laughs> Bend right. over his head hitting Bend the roof. Yeah. His, little, his little shirt kind of like poking yes. out of the, uh, tucked in those <laughs> pants. And it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so funny. Those little moments yeah. are what are my favorite thing, not just in our show, but in all shows. Because that's, and, and you're giving it extra time and you're probably like, well, should we allow this to be a 30 second bit? Right. Yes. Yes. I think you have to allow it to right. be a 30 second bit. Right. It's worth every second of it. Um, speaking of worth every second of it. So Chris leaves after being rejected. Not rejected, kind of like put on like the maybe. And he goes off. And then <laughs> Linda it turned quick. <laughs> yeah, because they're talking about, you know, going home, or whatever. And Linda says to, to Ron, or how about you and I go back to my place? And Ron just, yes. yes. He just says, yes. Just like, you got it, boss. You Let's it. go. And this is after he ordered his third steak. Yeah, well, his third steak. The man should be 800 pounds. His cholesterol right. should be right. off the charts. Right. Like there should be no transplant. Should be yes, happening. he should already be having transplants. Yeah. and he was ordering his third. I just and, love how he says yes, yes, and he did nothing special other than just be Ron. Like you know, Chris is at the table. He's working it. He's trying. You know, probably working her to like blah blah blah. Too hard, maybe. Probably too hard. And Ron is just eating his meat. Right. That is all he's doing. Right, there's that bit where they're talking about what Linda's going to order of the menu, and then Ron just asks for his porterhouse, please and thank you. Please and thank you. Right. And Chris is like, oh, well, they have this dressing, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. And she must have been so horned up for mm. Ron Swanson, because when someone just says to you, can we go home, right. someone you've not dated, right. th- there's, only one, there's only one thought of where that's going. A nice conversation. A nice conversation. A little get-together. A, a, a conversation about the yes. current political state of the yes. world. Um, in our synopsis, mm-hmm. Ron comes to work the next day in his Tiger Woods outfit. Love that. The red shirt, which he always <laughs> wears the day after having sex. Uh, that's just not me saying it. We've established that. It's yes. canon in the Parks and Rec world. Andy and April convince him to tell Chris what happened with Linda. Chris appreciates Ron's honesty and hugs him, admitting that he is very lonely. Such a real moment. He says, That was a real yeah, moment. Chris says, yeah. I'm quite lonely. And then Ron has that bleeped response, like, Oh, what the hell? Is yeah. Happening here? But he hugs him. Yeah. And there's nothing worse for Ron than that. Right. Um, now, it's also revealed that, unbeknownst to Leslie, the airport staff threw Buddy's luggage in the trash to protect her. The next day, Anne once again breaks up with Tom after he gives her <laughs> 48 condoms to celebrate going 48 hours without breaking up. And I as mean, he's hey, handing it to her, she's like, don't give me this. She yeah. knows something, something bad is going to be in that it's box. It's a gift from Tom. And they <laughs> gifts, parties, and jobs. The guy gave his not girlfriend, but the guy, the girl he's dating, 48 condoms. <laughs> Yikes. Um Anyway, we have the return of Ron's post-coital Tiger yeah. Woods outfit. And I love that moment when he has the donuts and he says, donuts, go nuts. <laughs> it's so cheesy, but the guy is just amped up on the adrenaline of yeah. a night in bed with somebody. Yes. His kind of, again, his perfect woman. 
At least what we've heard about over the right, years. Right. And that, that was no mistake that, you know, to build a storyline like that, to present Ron with another opportunity here. Uh, um, it's great. I love it. Um, all right. Well, Jim, uh, we got s- some crap of yours. Well, we you have to just to? To, to, to tail in what you were just saying about Leslie talking oh, so about sorry. Ben. So sorry. No, no, no. Because it's in my crap. Uh, so, yeah, she's going to, Ben's going to have a fun night that he doesn't know about. But she calls it when she's talk, earlier in the episode, she's talking about Ben. And she said, Ben is like a MILF. <laughs> that is so wonderful. Mm. You know, what a, we all know what a MILF Go is. On, yes. And she's looking at him as her MILF. Yeah, that's nice. I think that's a very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. So I just want to do that. Uh, other uh, crap that I have, I, someone mentions, uh, Tom, that both cabs in the town are busy, which is why oh he had to God, get- Oh my God, Jim, uh, I love that. It's such a funny detail. Yeah, it's why he had to get it. Uh, I also like when Andy talks to uh, to April about teacher Linda and Ron and Chris, when they thought they were going to get together. And he goes, well, if they got together, they would make the most beautiful super baby. It would rule us all. <laughs> and I think it might. Those would be two beautiful- that would be a beautiful baby. Uh, and then Ron, after having all of this food, he mentions, anybody want to go to JJ's for some after-dinner omelets? Yes. He's had three steaks. Right, right, right. And whatever sides come, I don't even know, I don't know what they serve there. A lot of sides. And he's ready for the omelet, yeah. Um, of course, Ron in the red shirt. Um, Buddy, a uh, 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 Sean Hayes thing when he's, you know, they're talking about different things. And he goes, well, thank God for that mitten factory tragedy. Yeah, yeah. What a, he's a horrible human yeah, being. Yeah. And what I also love, I love that the guys at the airport have Leslie's back. And right. they have her back because she knows them. She knows their families. Right. This is who Leslie is. Right. And they saw she was in trouble. And and not to uh, jump in on, on your crap, but. Um, oh, jump in. What's I think so smart about that um, is we're not saying it out loud, but Leslie's running for office uh, to for for Pawnee. She's trying to make Pawnee a better place by being elected by uh, the community. And here's an opportunity of some people in the community reflecting back what Leslie Note means to them. And yes. you can you buy the fact that Leslie is le- a legitimate candidate for. City Council. Yeah. That she, this isn't just like a pie in the sky dream and no, obviously she's going to get trounced by someone. You're slowly building up the fact that Leslie is is, is as a loved, important person in this town. And you know what? She might get elected. She might. And, and let me ask you this, because I don't think it's revealed in the episode. Leslie never finds out that they did that for her, does she? No, not in the episode. So no. all she knows is that there was a mix they, up with luggage. And you know what? That's why the episode's called Lucky. Lucky. It was. Um, Saved your so, campaign. Jim, that's your crap. And I thought I might tell you some of my shit. What? And that stands for stuff he is treasuring. What is yes, this? This is stuff Greg wow. is treasuring. Wow. Greg's shit. Um, what's so funny is that I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to call out and you called out most of it. So I feel like it's one of those games where like, I had that one on my list too. Dude, we but both, every week we, we do we that. Don't, we don't get points there. I know. I but, do that every week. Um, I do want to say that some things that really, uh, I'll say made me giggle is that um, <laughs> as Andy is toasting himself at dinner, he says, I am very proud of me and you are too. <laughs> Um, another one moment that really got me is when Leslie says it's so sweet she's never had a a boyfriend threaten to commit arson for her before and Donna says "Uh, it gets old God that's such a yeah I have that down too buddy it happens it gets old and last but not least 
<clears throat> Rob Lowe got me cracking up. I'm watching this at home. And when Chris is observing Professor Linda's toned arms, mm-hmm. he remarks, and the way he says it, I can't repeat it. Please go watch it again. It's so funny. Oh my good gracious is how he starts it. Like, oh my good great. Oh my good gracious. You have extraordinary caput lateral. Right? Caput lateral. It, that'll, the caput lateral, that's so funny. Him saying, oh my good gracious is so unbelievably enthusiastic about yeah. this feeling. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. That's well, my shit. Well, he loves perfection. He loves physical perce- perfection. That's his thing. Well, Jim, final thoughts on our episode today? Well, of course I loved it. Um, I thought it was so I much fun. It. Well, I do. I, you know, I've said it. I, each episode, and then now, because you know, I haven't seen these episodes in a long time, but as shocked as people are, I don't just sit home and watch episodes of Parks and Recreation <laughs> and look, look at, at myself. You look at your Emmy and you shine it. That's all I do. It's all that matters. Uh, so th- it just, again, reiterates to me, number one, it brings back so many wonderful memories of doing the show, but also um, just how smartly written these shows mm. are. And... Uh, brought to life by uh, some amazing actors, not even including myself, just mm. everybody else. I think they're amazing. So I loved it. Yeah. And kudos to Nick Offerman, an amazing first episode of television. Overall, a great fun episode to work on and one to relive. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. And um, my uh, choice for today's MVP, our most valuable Ponian, mm-hmm. hmm, I think I'd probably have to go with, I feel weird, but Leslie Nope. I know it's, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go with Leslie Nope Always and Leslie. Jerry Gergich. I'll go with Leslie <laughs> Nope because, sure, she's our main character. She's our A star. But you know what? This was a really important episode in the buildup to what's going to be the final few of the season, the election and the debate and all the stuff. And you got to buy it. And, you know, Leslie came out of this as just like a, She's a lovely person. She flirts with her boyfriend. She <laughs> loves her coworkers. And you know what? In her spare time, she's running for public office. Yeah. Um, and that's great. And also, shout out to Jerry Gergich for doing the task that probably no one wants to do, but does it better than anyone else. And even when he makes a mistake, does the correction better than anybody else. I'll take it. Uh, my MVP, Leslie, of course. And if I'm going to do a backup MVP, mm. because he came out of the gate hitting it hard with the, uh, with the fashion show, I'm going to give it to Tom Hammerford. Mm. I really am. And I love the bits with Ann, like you said, where he was manipulating and he, he said something about the hot tub, you know, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then he looks at the camera. We know he really meant it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the condoms, the whole thing. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. go with uh, Tom Hammerford. That's awesome. Yep. Well, listeners, let us know who your MVP is by tweeting at Team Coco Podcasts or by using the hashtag, hashtag Parks and Recollection. Well, Jim, uh, I can't wait for people to stick around to hear our amazing interview with Hadley. Um, it it really runs the gamut of from both her time on the show, how she got there, the experience shooting it and making it, what she's done since. She's remarkable. Um, I think everyone's going to love it. They're going to love it. She's funny, super smart, like... <laughs> So much smarter than me. And we that no, we know that. Yes. And again, behind the scenes stuff. And I think people love that. Absolutely. And she has some good stories. Well, thank you all for listening. We would love for you to text this episode to your group chat. You know what? Start a group chat. If you don't have a group chat, group chats are cool. You got friends. And those friends want to chat with you from all of us here at Parks and Recollection. Goodbye from Honey. Oh, 
Okay, you guys, this is really exciting. Uh, to add a little spice to the uh, to the episode, we have um, just one of the sweetest people in the whole world as our guest. Her name is Hadley Mears, and she is, um, well, I, I guess I've known you now since, when did you start on Parks? I started on the fourth season. I was there, or the third. I was there the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. She was the last four seasons. Yeah. And she was there as? Amy Poehler Standing. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so you... Saw a lot. Uh, you were there for yes, a lot. Sir. You have a lot of dirt. Uh, <laughs> I still pay you almost ten thousand a month to keep those pictures quiet, which it's worth every penny. For the record, uh, it's worth every penny. So you know what? Just so people know, what in your view, what does a stand-in do? Okay, so I always say a stand-in, and by the way, I had no idea what a stand-in was until I became a stand-in on Parks and Rec. Oh, I, so mm. that wasn't something you had done? No, and I lied and said I had. Of course, well, <laughs> you're, in the acting world, that's what we do every day, baby. Central Casting just sent me out, and the guy who was DP for just one year, that John, he was a really nice guy, and there were three of us came in the room, and I was like, what the fuck? I, like, I didn't know what I was doing there. I was, like, pissed. I'm always pissed when something good's <laughs> about to happen. And he just stared at both of all of our faces and was like, okay, you look most like her and gave me the job. Wow. Wow. And so I showed up to set the first day, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just going to fake it and do like my innocent little girl act. And I remember like the second day I was being my weird self and like standing in a corner doing yoga or something. (laughs) And Steve, the deep, uh, Steve Steve Day, Day, the AD, who I love, came up to me and he goes, you know, we were going to try some other standing out for Amy, but you seem to fit in. I was like, <laughs> was so it? kind of all these people. <laughs> yes. I was like, right, because I was being so weird. Like yeah. I was literally like doing some kind of weird yoga pose right. in the corner. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're one of us. Well, I mean, you, you have some of the perfect elements. You kind of look like Amy, yes. which is the main thing. And what a stand-in does for people listening is um, they're there to help set lighting and for blocking and then if changes are made during the setting of the lighting and everything, you tell the actor what changes have been made because the actors have already rehearsed the scene, they have blocked the scene, but then things change because of lighting. It can screw it up. Right. I always say that we're like a piece of furniture or the queen's food taster. You know, we're the person <laughs> that you try out all the stuff on while they're getting their hair and makeup on. So then when they come mm-hmm. in to shoot the scene, it allegedly goes uh, smoothly. Allegedly, <laughs> Allegedly yes, yes, yes. goes smoothly. Yes. And don't be a stand-in if you don't want a lot of hands in your face, close to your face all the time. Sure. Men, gross men touching you. <laughs> Are you talking about Greg here? Uh, This is interesting, yeah, because I've been wondering what I should be doing is I have certain interests, which are uh, hands in my face and gross men touching me. What job could I do? do. Yeah, Yeah. what job could I do? So, yeah, it's it's a really interesting job because you literally are there to not be there. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. But you also, you guys have to do the material. So you're reading, you're doing some acting. Yes. um, Because a lot of stand-ins I have found over the years are actors. They, that's their that's yes. their main goal, and they want to be an actor. And it actually, it's good for everyone. They can see the scene in action as they're prepping it. So were you an actress at all that you were comfortable with that? You know, I thought I wanted to be a movie star. And it was actually like the second day on Parks that I thought, oh, shit, I hate this. I don't want to be a movie star. <laughs> I want to write about old movie stars, wow. which I'd kind of always known in the back of my mind. But I thought it was what I wanted to be. But then I really realized it was where like my main historical interest lied. So, yeah, we did what's called a second team rehearsal where yeah. we'd all come out with our little sides, which are the little scripts. 
shots and we'd read while the camera set up their shots and they tried out the lights on us and stuff. And second team rehearsals can be hilariously bad (laughs) because you've always got some of the second team who's really trying to act and others (laughs) like me who are nervous and don't want to act anymore who are just bumbling over their lines and stuff. So it's, it's a funny mixture of people. And the park set was just, you know, I worked on other sets afterward and I hated it. Like Parks was the most relaxed, fun crew of weirdos I have ever been around in my life. Mm-hmm. So it made those second team rehearsals, which I've heard have can be quite stressful on other sets, you know, where there's like a mean AD or someone. It made right. them just fun and silly and nobody cared if you messed up your lines. I was never on my mark. I never knew I where I was. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Perfect standard. Yeah. I did like it. Jim, the, yeah. Like Jim, the Jim O'Hare experience. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I want, you know, but also this is kind of off topic, which is what I do. The marks are things where, you know, they put things on the ground so that the actors can hit their marks so the cameras can hit them. Parks ruined that for a lot of us, and I've talked Mm. to the other actors, because we didn't have a lot of marks Mm -mm. because it was mockumentary, which meant the camera was following you. So, you know, they would, if you moved a little, the camera would move a little, and it was fine because that's the look of the show. Most shows, they're on tripods or they're on dollies, and it has to be very specific, but that's just not how we did it. So when Parks ended... And it's time to go back out into the real world. And they're like, Jim, you, you missed your mark. Oh, damn. Mm. Mark. Yes. Yes. Mm. There are these things called marks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I, I love that you said it was such a relaxed set because people have heard me ramble on about this forever. It was the most unusual set that I had ever been on ever before or since. And I've been on great sets. I've been worked with great people. I've been on great shows. Nothing was ever like Parks. Nothing. And, you know, I attribute that so much to Amy. Oh, because 100%. Amy was the only lead actor I've ever worked with when I was being a stand-in who really kind of had a no-assholes policy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were an asshole, even if you were on the crew, you did not survive more than a season. You just didn't. You didn't. And she fostered this sense of camaraderie and fun and goofiness and that— you know, I feel like Hollywood's always so, so so serious. Like we're, you know, saving the world. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah. I felt like we were just making a fun show, you know? And it was just, hey kids, you know, Donna, one of the great stand-ins who stood in uh, for uh, Rashida Jones and for Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, Donna, uh, who is uh, married to Brad, who her husband, and they both, they were the husband and wife stand-in team. Yeah. Yes. And they were always there. Yeah. And yeah. they're one of the great kind of old-time showbiz couples. Yeah, she was a dancer <laughs> was in a her dancer. day, like in New York, and she was Joyzy, and and he's... Oh, he truly wanted to be a hardcore actor and he's doing great now. And So she always said the carnies are in town whenever we'd come to a new location to shoot, especially right. when we were on location. She's like, oh, <laughs> we're just carnies and the carnival's in town now and we're just taking that. over and then we're packing up and getting out. I love that because I, I, from the actor point of view, I have so many stories from other actors who said the word got out. This is a show you wanted to work on mm-hmm. because of that attitude. You knew it wasn't going to be, I mean, you're always nervous on a first day of any new gig. I would imagine whether you're a writer or an actor, no matter what you do, you're going to be nervous. But it, it was so sweet. Everybody was so sweet. Nobody was looking for trouble. And I just love that you guys felt the same way. We did, you know, and I said this to y'all earlier, that I see it in three parts, that 
the cast are the royal family, you'd be like... This, Am I Harry? No, I'd say you're oh, like the damn. suspicious fourth <laughs> uncle yeah. who acts goofy but might be able, yeah, trying pretender. to take over. Oh, yeah. boy. And the, and the crew is the servants and the royal court and uh, the writers are, are the government officials. So we've all got like our own places. Everyone loves government officials. Yes, oh, this they're is beloved. something everyone talks that about. That is yes. how I saw y'all. I saw y'all on the ivory tower. Thank you, yeah. yeah, not, yeah. not so Socializing with the commoners and Thank the servants. Thank you so much. Wow, You're we appreciate so it. Welcome. <laughs> that is how this. That is how I viewed you. But everybody was having fun, and you know, there was just. I sometimes wondered how we got work done because we were talking about how Mitch, the sound guy, would oh. would tap people with his boom mic constantly. And <laughs> a boom mic is this big, long ass mic that the guy holds or girl holds, and it's to get extra coverage of you know, of audio for the scene. Cause we all had mics on, but it would be just to get, I don't know, like yeah. safety coverage. Yeah. And he did these, we <laughs> call them boom taps and he would tap and he did it many times to the extras because they so were new much. and they didn't know what yeah. was going on. Was and so he would great. tap their shoulder and then he'd, Fling the boom oh, up in the so air, funny. and they had no idea. But the looks of them looking around, because uh, they know they've been tapped. Yeah. They know something has happened, and they don't know where it's coming from. It was but classic. This is the kind of stuff that's great about set life, I think, which is it's long days. You're, some, sets you're, some shows you're on the same set day after day. Some shows you're constantly on the go. And they could be exhausting, mm -hmm. long days. You're waiting, waiting, and then all of a sudden you're— the point being, you have to do stuff like this to keep your sanity. And that's what's great about Amy. I can say from the writer's side, too, there was this general no-assholes policy, the sense of, hey, we're here to do a job, but a fun job. And yeah. let's not forget the fun part of it, because a lot of people would love to do a fun job like this. And let's not bring the schmuckiness to it. And that's great that you had that attitude. Yeah. So I love that you had the same experience, that it was just a great place to be. Well, and what's, you know, the perfect kind of encapsulation of that is the first season I was on. I will never forget, we were shooting in front of what was Andy and April's house. Mm -hmm. So it was some location. And I was sitting in my chair, like I always was, writing on my computer. And I was like, oh, should I have to pee? And y'all were shooting, but I thought you were just rehearsing. And so I started walking across the lawn in front of the house. And all of a sudden, I see Amy look at me. You look at me. <laughs> Chris Pratt looked at me. And Steve Day was like, Hadley, move, move. And I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. So yeah. I run to hide behind a bush. <laughs> and then they yell cut and everyone starts laughing because the whole time I was behind the bush, I was on camera. <laughs> so I was literally crouched like this, thinking I was hiding. And that's the thing. Other sets that would have gotten you fired. Oh, yeah. yes. Everyone yes. just laughed their heads yeah. off and just did another take. Oh, and that, that that to me that's sums so up the whole experience that like, it was just like, we're just having a laugh. Yeah. We're just having a laugh. Yeah. yeah. We're getting good work done, yeah. but we're having a laugh while we're doing it. And, but Oh, go ahead, Greg. Oh, no. Wait, Greg, Greg has Jim, a comment. Am I allowed wait, to say uh, something? Everyone, Jim? listen. No, <laughs> no, listen. Greg something? is going to say, this will be riveting. Get ready, Hadley. Go ahead. Yeah, everybody gather around gather for this around. awesome thought. <laughs> but no, what I was going to say is that moment, I think, is many people's worst nightmare on set. Is they're mm -hmm. going to accidentally enter the frame or you laugh. My big problem is I, I giggle a lot during especially funny stuff taping and when it was my episodes I had the hardest time keeping my laughter and I'd have to leave sometimes that feeling of ruining what all these people are working for 
So the fact that that was one of your earliest experiences. <laughs> the first year. On the set, yeah. They could have easily gotten rid of me, and they did. And mm-hmm. at most shows, you would have been gone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I should have been gone when I was doing yoga in the corner. <laughs> I was supposed to be on set the first day. And Steve was like, hey, you're one of us. Mm. Oh, I love that. So. And, and, and uh, remember we had uh, uh, Miguel. Oh, Maggie, the real, Maggie. that was the real Aziz's character. Yes. I was always he was like, standing in for Aziz. Okay. Yeah. And Miggy to me, I was always like, no, but this is who that character actually is. He's this suave <laughs> yes. kind of player, always looking for an angle, super handsome, super yes. charming, always got a deal. You're not quite sure what it is. <laughs> <laughs> our, our four of our stand-in team, our solid four, which is me, Don and Brad and Miguel, we all had so much fun. We all had our little spot we hung out in. Right. And we all had our chairs set up. And, you know, there's so much downtime on set. Yeah. And so I, you know, and and that's another thing I always like to talk about is, you know, I owe, I'm now, you know, a journalist. And I, I specialize in history. And I owe and my- just for the record, an amazing journalist. Oh, thank she you. She has prolific. I mean, the work you've done, which we'll talk about, but I mean, yeah. just a hardcore journalist. Thank you're, you're you. You're awesome. And- I, the only reason I have that job full time now is because of Parks and Rec. Mm. Because I brought my computer to set every day. They let me. No other set. I tried on other sets mm. and I got a lot of looks. And I would write stories for like 50 or or $100 for KCT and other local outlets. Right. That's how I got my name out there. And that's how I wow. eventually became a full-time journalist. Wow. Was literally because Parks and Rec let me do that. So I was basically double dipping all day while getting <laughs> my union paycheck. Wow. And, and I'm just eternally grateful to, to the powers that be at Parks that I never got shit about that. I was only encouraged. I missed so many calls of like, we're in for rehearsals because right. I was right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And like, Where's Susie might get a little Where's mad, Hadley? but yeah. nobody really cared. And, and, you know, and that's just so amazing to me. And I think Jim, from an actor's perspective, like you can see how much fun and how relaxed it was in y'all's work. And I think that's one of the reasons people love the show so much. I, I totally agree with that. And I am someone who, um, what, what I love about, a series when you're when you get to be on a series is I love being with the same people, mm-hmm. especially if I love them and I am a crew person. Like you are, I mm-hmm, love mm-hmm. the crew. Like those are the people you're with. You know, all of them, hair and makeup and camera and and props and all, all the departments. And so to me, that I mean, as much as I love the cast, I can hang with the crew all day long. Jim is the best crew buddy in the yes. world. Yes. He really is. In the seventh season, last season of the show, um, I was helping uh, with NBC.com do behind the scenes. Oh, I remember that. Right? Yeah. The we show. And, yeah. and Jim was our go-to person and give tours of the set. And watching you go any corner, any place, everybody was happy to see Jim. And it's interesting. I wondered who paid them to feel that right, way. Right, yeah, because there would have been something <laughs> no, but going truth, on. But truthfully, yeah. it, it's it's a testament, I think, to the uh, to your energy and, and that you put— the, what you put out into the world. Well, thank you. But I also feel very much um, th- this TV making, movie making, show busy thing is such a team effort. Absolutely. It is not just the actors just because they, they're they in front. Yes. So they're going to be on the talk shows and they're going to be in the on the red carpets. It, it doesn't happen without all of us. I mean, every the writers, the producers, crafty, like right. we're being fed all day long. It's such a group effort. And I... 100% believe that. So I thankfully, and I, you know, you, no, never on parks, but I've been around certain actors who 
you know, you can tell have a feeling that they're mm-hmm. bringing more to the table than everybody else. Sure. And I'm sorry, not the case. I mean, yes, you are in front. So you can't help but be the face of it. But no, 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 all of us, every one of us. And I loved, I got Transpo, everybody. I just loved everybody. And he uh, he was really like a fifth member of that camera crew. <laughs> <I was. laughs> and the hijinks that they would get into. Well, there are things and there are episodes. Yeah. And for the hardcore fans, I don't know if this, I don't know if the term is Easter egg. Because Easter egg means what? Like somebody, there's something in there Easter that- Easter eggs are usually purposely planted. Mm. Okay, like well, I wouldn't say that. Little extra treats if you pay attention to the show or a series or whatever. Well, there are episodes where, you know, because Jerry was at his desk a lot while scenes were happening. So there are scenes, and there's one in particular, I just saw it the other day, where Amy's, Leslie is doing, talking to people in the conference room, and I use a pencil, and I clean my ear, <laughs> and then I smell the pencil. Yeah. And I did that to get the guys to laugh. That was strictly the only really? reason I did it was to get the crew to laugh. That's so great. It had nothing to do with the thinking, well, this will be one of a hundred takes. This will never sure, be used. Sure, and it's sure. in the damn episode. Yeah. So the question <laughs> is, did the editors not see it? Or did they see it and thought, well, that is Jerry. I mean, yeah, he's scratching his ear and sniffing the pencil. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I love that. I don't know. I think there's probably a... a, a Bit of both, right? Maybe Which, a bit of both. Yeah. Sometimes the happy accidents, you wind up with something you don't intend, but it's really funny. But I did that 100% to, to get the crew laugh. to laugh. That mm. was the only reason I did it, which is so unprofessional when you think <laughs> about it. But those, that's here or there. It doesn't matter at this point. Jim, it doesn't matter. Like, I stood in for John Hamm and, like, Retta all the time. That's the <laughs> yeah, other yeah, thing. Like, exactly. I was Amy's stand-in, but right. they I put me on an Apple box. I was Chris Pratt. Like, it right. did not matter. Mm-hmm. Like, and on other sets, that would not fly. They would be like, you need, you know, I'd be wearing my low-cut, like, whatever shirts yeah. that weren't color-matched at all to what Amy was wearing. And nobody cared. <laughs> no you know what I mean? They were just like, go in there. And I was like, I get to be John Hamm. Like, yeah. I remember that was, like, the most exciting oh, wow. thing ever. I was like, he's going to fall in love with me. He's sure, like, sure. who's this girl who's standing in yeah. for me? We're the same person. I was also one of Leslie's bachelorette girls. So I'm at, I'm in all the bachelorette party scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, you know, I, I write for Vanity Fair now. Like I think yeah. of myself as rather fancy <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I hear about. It's like, of oh my course. God, I that's was so watching funny. it. Yeah. I have this memory of you coming to the writer's room in, and this will be a spoiler for some people for the finale of our series in <laughs> Age Makeup. That was one of the trippiest things ever. So for the finale, you know, they aged all of you, yeah. right? Did they have to uh, age you? Okay, this what is a great. Bitch. This is what great. a bitch. I have dreamed of a moment. You know like what? This. I want to shut this thing down right now and get my attorney here. And I want a SAG rep, an after rep, a DGA rep, yeah. a no Writers Guild rep. No, one, no one's coming to your aid, buddy. <laughs> yes, I was in the damn chair for five hours. They had to make me 100 years old. It was fascinating like mm, but of yes. course in typical parks relaxed fashion I didn't know I was doing that till the day of really <laughs> just like oh go to the makeup trailer Elizabeth's gonna you know take care of you and I was like what and so I go yeah and they completely because you were being Amy I was, they were testing out Amy's old age at makeup on right. me and you know they stretch out your face Jim's been through it they crinkle it up they mm. they put a wig on you but first they cover your whole hair so you're bald they cover it with plastic and they put, try on these wigs on you. And it was, you know, 
I was just looking at myself and I was like, I'm still going to be beautiful. <laughs> wow. I'm like, a, li- a little came up my throat on that one. That was a little no, much. A it, little was, much. it was intense. And, you yes. know, then Elizabeth, one of the great makeup girls, she now, she did all of uh, Mandy Moore's age makeup on This Is Us. Mm. Ah, so I'm like, we were that. her oh, test yes, ground yes. Wow. for her doing that like every day on Mandy Moore. Wow. For Our years. hair makeup crew were Top notch. Top notch. And when I had to turn, they made me be, at first they made me be a hundred or 80, I believe, because we shot, you know, as the mayor was getting older. And then I had to be a hundred. And they brought in, um, on top of our regular folks, they brought in a crew mm-hmm. because I was there for five hours with three people. Wow. Piecing it together. And someone had said, oh, bring a book or something. You're like, well, you can't read a damn thing. Their yeah. hands yeah. are, in, they're, they're yeah. literally, no, their you hands are in your face. Yeah. You can't do any of that. And then when the, you know, it was over, I thought, oh, just get back to hair and makeup, pull this stuff off and go home. No, 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 no. It's 45 minutes to take it off because it's pieces. They have created pieces. It's, right. it's not like a Mrs. Doubtfire mask. That's exactly. Just like, that you're just going to pull off. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really intense. Like, I don't know how people do it every day. Like I would, I thought it when I was doing it because mm-hmm. I, I find it to be fun uh-huh. initially, like super fun. I had it, I think maybe three days in a row. Because, again, they had different ages and then mm-hmm. different scenes we were shooting. And uh, I thought it was great. Please. So tell us what has happened since Parks. Worked on some other shows. And then I became uh, a full-time uh, journalist uh, and talking head on TV shows. So mm-hmm. I write a lot of histories about the Royals and Hollywood uh, for Vandy Fair and The Hollywood Reporter. I have a really fun book club series for Vandy Fair called Old Hollywood Book Club where I talk about different celebrity autobiographies and and figure out where they lied and where they were telling the Mm. truth. And Mm. it's so, so much fun. Mm. And I recently uh, co-wrote a podcast for Adam McKay called Death on the Lot, which he hosts and is hilarious on, which is about tragic deaths in the 1950s in Hollywood and the societal impacts and causes for those deaths. So that was a really fun experience. Mm. And, you know, I... So attribute my time on parks too to you know I, I do a lot of stuff on like CNN and history and stuff of like the talking head who's like and then they were murdered like I do right. a lot of that stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah and I only know how to do that because of parks and you know so much of parks was to the camera yeah. right and so many of those were we literally called them talking heads and you'd be talking to a little cut out of a dog asshole or whatever they had put <laughs> exactly on the corner of the thing and the reason I know how now to be like pretend I'm an expert about something mm, yeah. is because I know where to look off camera. I know how to comport myself, though I still keep my chin up too much. And so I'm a regular now talking head on the show Mysteries of the Abandoned on Discovery. And we talk about all these really cool abandoned places around the world. And, um, you know, like for when the queen died, I did a lot. You know, I was with Christina Amapour on CNN. I did. Ooh, she she's the, she's the top I mean, dog. It was so exciting. And I had to get up at 3 a.m. to be camera ready at 4 to talk about oh. the funeral. Mm. And I wouldn't know how to do any of that if I wasn't on parks. Well, I would never mm. get up at 3 a.m. And, you know, so it's just all it's that lovely thing in life where everything kind of led to another thing. And I was just I feel so blessed that. I got it and I never thought I wanted it. I didn't think I wanted to be standing. I didn't know what it was. Mm. But because of that, I now have this wonderful, blessed life because I, you know, they stuck it out with my weird self. Amazing. And yeah, so it's it's a really fun, fun career. So you haven't been on a set in years. I haven't been on a set since Andrew Tribeca 
uh, ended. So before Which the pandemic. Which was Rashida's show after Parks. Yeah. Right. So I haven't been on a set since then. I, except for sets for like, you yeah, know, where you're, he got murdered. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you're the royal family. <laughs> yeah, where, yes, where you are the royal family. Yes. So getting to talk about, I mean, my childhood obsessions, which are royals and uh, Hollywood people is, is pretty top notch. I love that That's for you. That's amazing. I really yeah. do. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been beyond unbelievable. Like, first of all, you you know you know I love you, and and I knew you. We had many laughs, laughs on set over the years. Um, I love that. I love when people um, just reinforce what I knew it was because I think sometimes you know I I I just, I just keep going. Oh, it's great! It was great! It was this! It was that! And blah blah blah! And people are like, oh, he's maybe that's just a bunch of BS to make it sound better than it was. It really was great. It really it was. It really was yeah. great. And so many of the, you know, I you were talking about the guest stars earlier. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things was seeing the guest stars and if they came in to have a good time or not. Yeah. Mm. And the ones like Jason Schwartzman, I remember whenever he'd come, he'd bring cupcakes for the crew. Oh. Mm. And you'd be like, oh, that's a person that like gets he what gets this it. is. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it has been amazing having you on. Also, one of the things that I've been so delighted by this time together is that we talked about the show, we analyzed scenes, we've had writers and cast and everything. But we also, you know, it's so fun to also talk about how the sausage got made. Yes. Um, and you get that when you get to have this, especially with these great relationships that Jim has had with all these wonderful people and included. And thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. And sharing this time with us. It's My been pleasure. special. This was a treat. Aww, thank thank you. you. This has been a Team Coco production. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.